1: News and talk you can trust. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horne
2: for joining us starting off a brand new work week it's a monday brian whitman and jennifer horn and uh some new news uh, breaking very early this morning about the moderna vaccine remember we learned pfizer has the uh, emergency authorization from the uh, food and drug administration to uh, start releasing the vaccine probably in the next two weeks you're going to start to see that vaccine and moderna
3: Is another company, yeah. and and that's right. And, and they're now uh, going beyond U.S. regulators. They're asking uh, not to bypass U.S. regulators. They're asking European regulators to okay emergency use of the COVID nineteen vaccine on the European in, in the EU.
2: That's right. So uh, right now, Moderna said that both uh, that the ask today is for both the U.S. and European regulators to allow emergency use of their COVID nineteen vaccine. A new study, re- re- the new study confirms that they have a ninety four point one percent efficacy rate with this particular vaccine and this is one that doesn't need to be kept under those really tight conditions remember the, the Pfizer vaccine controls, right? has to be at like -80 below 0 and so it's really that's more of a challenge just to try to figure out how to get it safely to people so that it can be administered now with Moderna this one will be a little easier to roll out and it seems that they are looking for that approval they are they should get it which means that the Moderna vaccine will be out just about maybe a week or so or two weeks after the Pfizer vaccine. That'll happen on December 10th. The Pfizer vaccine at 95% effective again, Moderna 94.1%. So that's some good news. Dr. Fauci talked about vaccines over the weekend. He said that there might be a COVID surge after the holidays, and he suggested closing bars and, uh, and keeping schools open, even as this vaccine is, is starting to roll out. Take a listen. I know your default position is, That you'd like to see the schools open. But how do you make that happen? And how would you advise the incoming Biden administration on getting a sort of unified response?
0: Well, you know, Martha, that's a good question. We get asked it all the time. You know, we say it not being facetiously as a soundbite or anything, but, you know, close the bars and keep the schools open is what we really say. Obviously, you don't have one size fits all. But as I said in the past, And as you accurately quoted me, the default position should be to try as best as possible within reason to keep the children in school or to get them back to school. The best way to ensure the safety of the children in school is to get the community level of spread low. So if you mitigate the things that you know are causing spread in a very, very profound way, in a robust way, if you bring that down, you will then indirectly and ultimately protect the children in the school because the community level is determined how things go across the board.
3: That, of course, Jennifer, is Dr. Anthony Fauci on ABC over the weekend. He's the so-called top infectious disease expert in America. He said the U.S. may see a surge upon a surge. That's a quote of coronavirus in the weeks after Thanksgiving. And here we are the Monday after. Does not expect these current recommendations like what we have here with the uh, closures and and a a more restricted, as they describe it, stay at home order today. He spoke of the schools. And in what is called by AP a stunning reversal, Mayor de Blasio in New York has Mm -hmm. now said the Largest school system, the New York City public school system, will in fact reopen to in person learning, increasing the number of days a week many children will attend class de blasio saying and i quote we feel confident that we can keep schools safe close quote
2: and he's actually taking some heat imagine that that's what people wanted to hear from him but even with that uh with that stunning reversal over the weekend he's still taking heat because parents are saying he's uh, back and forth now he said that he responded to parents call to reopen the schools and and this Mm. is just it you know i think we and we learned this with outdoor dining in la county last week people are making broad decisions. And if they're looking at the science, school transmission rates are very low. So just because your city is at 3%, which is where New York City was, and that was one of their rules, right? It was very arbitrary. 3%, we shut down everything. They reach 3%, they shut down schools, but it's not schools that are the problem. It's people who are having these gatherings. They still have some bars open in New York City. They still have some uh, indoor dining that was going on. Let's try to limit that before we make the broad move to take kids out of school because we're now learning that kids all over the country, more D's and F's are being doled out this semester well, than really ever before because they're not getting that in-person learning.
3: I think if a you know if a mom or a dad has a legitimate concern, and it, I'm not here to tell anyone their concerns are legitimate or illegitimate with regard to their personal health or those of their family, so I don't want to say it that way. But uh, if you believe you're at risk, a D or an F or a missed year of school might not Matter If you believe now, I will I would take one turn of it. I don't even disagree with you. I don't think the frustrate. I know my frustration comes from not the science, which all the way back to March said the problem is gatherings, quantity, density of people in an area that is uh, seemingly confined. So that's what the science has said. And it's sort of said that all the way to this point here on the last day of November. But the application of that data seems to be sometimes arbitrary. We talked about it with the outdoor dining, Some uh, many times inconsistent for, we have uh, gyms here in Los Angeles County, uh, limiting the capacity, but folks able to work out outside the gym
2: outside only
3: okay so someone can sweat more and by the way this is the science that they talk about i'm not a scientist but they talk about the gym being in the beginning kind of a warning area because of the exertion the perspiration the heavy breathing etc the droplets i'm not kidding so that's less dangerous they can do that outdoors but they can't eat Uh, A Danish outside. It it seems that's the inconsistency and what feels like arbitrary application of the data, which is still really ultimately about gatherings of people in a dense area.
2: Uh, President Trump talked about vaccine distribution over the weekend he promised that it is going to start this week they'll be getting plans into place and then rolling out that vaccine next week again pfizer already having that emergency authorization from the fda
4: we are rounding the curve the vaccines are being delivered literally it'll start next week and the week after and it'll hit the frontline workers and seniors and the doctors nurses a lot of people going to start and we're going very quickly Two companies already announced, a third one coming up, and a fourth and fifth one coming up soon also. So it's, uh, some people have called it a medical, really a miracle. Could have taken four or five years to do this. Normally it probably would have taken four or five years, just getting it through the FDA. We pushed it very hard.
2: That's President Trump talking about the rollout over the weekend as well. Uh, Admiral Brett Girard was on with Dana Bash on CNN. He talked about how by the end of this year, so remember, in this month, starting tomorrow, December, 30 days, 20 million vaccines could be rolled out. That's pretty stunning.
1: I want to make sure that all Americans know that this vaccine, these vaccines have been tested in tens of thousands of individuals. There are independent data safety monitoring boards. There's going to be an independent transparent review. The Pfizer vaccine will have an advisory committee on December 10th. All the data will be out there. Um, the Surgeon General and myself and all the team are really out trying to educate the public. Um, it, we have to see what the data show, but all indications are this is an extremely safe uh, vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine in Moderna, and very, very effective, over 95% effective. And remember, if we can immunize for impact, That is, immunize those groups that are at the highest risk, like long-term care facilities, the elderly, minorities. Uh, We can absolutely get 80% of the benefit of of the vaccine by only immunizing a few percent of the population. And that's what we really need to do this month when we're going to have, you know, we should have enough vaccine by the end of the year to immunize 20 million Americans, and we have to immunize for impact. The rest of America will get it in the second quarter, third quarter of 2021. But we could maximize our impact right now.
3: And that's really something to gravitate toward with a Make My Day Monday. Some good news Monday here, apart from the overwhelming feeling of the closures, restrictions going into effect today. What they're saying there is very significant. If if you if you some are. Of course, it feels like a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not saying it is, but it certainly feels like it, it
2: certainly might be. Feels like we're getting close. At least you'll have the option, right? This isn't forced, but this will be an option. If you want to go down that path by uh, next week, we should have some vaccines starting to roll out. All right. It was a very different Thanksgiving, very different Black Friday. We'll have the winners and losers from uh, this past weekend as your Monday Morning Answer continues.
1: Jennifer Horn is funny, smart and beautiful. And then there's Brian, who's...
2: Brian,
3: you are one handsome, damn man. If you could say that on radio. Uh, when I was waiting for the conversation to turn to this. Tell
2: me more. Look, you got nice stuff, too. Um.
1: Well, anyway, this is the morning answer.
2: You are a handsome, dang man. <laughs> Thank you. It occurs
3: to me that exceptional moments in the show make the promotional announcement. Yeah. So one might consider that those are words never spoken on this uh, broadcast before. So when it happened after... Well, eight or nine years, they said, well, save Write that. Write it down. Mark yeah, it's... that's like breaking news. Put it in the
2: archives. That's right. Well, it's a very us, by the way. sexy, sexy it Christmas. Is. It's Thank a, you. It's yes. a very – you're right. And, uh, and happy uh, – well, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. It is Cyber Monday. Are you playing? Have you looked online? There's some killer deals out there. I might have well, been browsing. And uh, it was Black Friday on Friday. Small business Saturday on Saturday, which was really sad because uh, small businesses are unfortunately losing out because of COVID shutdown. But Axios was nice enough to compile the list of winners and losers from not only Thanksgiving, yes, but from Black Friday.
3: And I think this is important. I had a rally at my Glendale apartment with the folks from Black Fridays Matter uh, <laughs> over the weekend, and we were trying to get like a lot of people to spend a lot of money. Yeah. So uh, it's do? BFM, BFM, right. Black Fridays Matter, and uh, it's for all of the retailers out there. It's a very challenging environment on a serious note, obviously. Here on Monday, we can review these numbers. It was less, of course, spectacular than Black Friday's past.
2: I had some errands to run on Saturday, and so this was not Black Friday day after, but it was kind of like sale weekend, and uh, I wanted to go to Michael's, and I figured, okay, nobody's going, who's going to Michael's? I just need some ribbon. I needed a few things to, you know.
3: Michael might be there, but aside from that, maybe not a lot of people.
2: So uh, I get in my car, and I drive myself over to the Empire Center. And, in Burbank. Yeah, and I'm stunned to see the lineup of cars <laughs> trying to get in there. And I thought, okay, well, they're here for, obviously, Walmart. They're here for Target, maybe Lowe's, Best Buy. I'm thinking, you know, these are this is where people are going. And so they probably have some big sales. Is there a clearance on droplets? I get to the part of the parking lot. Literally, it takes me about 20 minutes to get from the entrance into the parking lot where Michael's is. And I see a line of people. Wow. Standing in front of the store. And I thought. That's got to be for Best Buy. Who, in their right mind, is waiting in line to go to Michael's? Yeah. I get a little closer, Whoa! and I'll be danged. That was not a line for Best Buy. There was a line to get into the Michael's store.
3: Wow. The, the one store you wanted to get into... Well, I think I had to have my Black Friday's Matter rally outside that location. Is that where you were? That's where we were. Yeah, we had masks on and we Black Friday's Matter. So did you get in there and get no, what you wanted? No, I thought
2: I'm not doing this. So I went all the way to the Empire Center and I just kept going and it took me about 20 minutes to get out it reminds of me of
3: you and I, our trip to Target about five or six years ago where we drove. Remember the oh, Target yeah, right the here? Hillary. We called the old Target whip around. What were You're we going to do? And
2: then we were, well, just decided not to go, right? Didn't we just abort the mission?
3: Well, it was not for it was not unprovoked. It was just that you couldn't even move. We were sitting in that traffic, and I looked at you, and I just <laughs> went like this.
2: Oh, we got it, and you knew exactly
3: here. what that meant, and bro, off we go.
2: Well, yeah, I'm not one to wait in line to get into a store, and it, this is only going to get worse with the shutdowns because now there's even more limits on capacity for retail stores. So let's start with Thanksgiving. Big winners of Thanksgiving, according to Axios, online groceries, which by the way, totally agree with Amazon Fresh, Instacart. The orders for online shopping, grocery shopping, up five hundred and sixty percent in the past week.
3: We understand. Certainly, here at home. It five hundred sixty percent increase in October. OK, and by the way, I suspect today on a Monday with restrictions and some closures and as you say, less capacity, more folks, as we saw in the springtime, are getting these items delivered. And by the way, more wonderful, caring people are checking in socially distanced with people in their neighborhood. Maybe it's a senior citizen. Maybe it's someone who has a challenge. Maybe it's someone who is not able to get out there as freely or is not handling this as well, whether it be physically or for some other reasons. And remember, we had that beautiful lady who called us back in the springtime, Was worked for Instacart and just loved her job to go yeah. out there and shop it was more than just a job for her she wanted to help people so these deliveries are obviously big winners yeah right
2: now uh (laughs) another big winner this week small turkeys according to axios apparently there was a shortage of 8 to 16 pound turkeys in america as people were preparing to celebrate thanksgiving with just their immediate family so maybe the actual winner is the big turkey who lived to (laughs) to fight another day
3: i saw uh, i was alarmed i saw a sign at the supermarket said Turkey by the slice. And I said, ah, oh, that's a lot of
2: Thai restaurants also doing really well. Thai food seems to be Americans' top pandemic-era takeout choice. According to Zen Reach, Thai restaurants are operating at fifty or 45% normal capacity compared with the industry average of 35%. Now, are you ready for the losers?
3: Yeah, I am ready for the losers. This is I pretty wanna...
2: sad, actually.
3: Oh, well, that must be totally sad. But uh, some of the losers uh... – Was I on the list?
2: No, small businesses on the list. Number one, hundreds of thousands of small independent businesses remained closed across (laughs) the country and close to 60 percent of them have now shuttered for good. Think about that. Sixty percent of small businesses, according to Yelp data, just gone out of business, wiped out by this pandemic. And this last weekend was when small businesses were out to try to get back into into the black. Right. Small business Saturday. And many of them were not able to uh, to do that.
3: And you think it was just a year ago. I mean, really and truly. It was just last year on this Monday after Thanksgiving that we were – and and on the day before uh, the break, we talked about small business Saturday. And we've rallied so often for small businesses here. This is a significant – as you know, Jen, I mean, my dad, he went to small – it didn't work for him as – that's what – decades ago challenging enough this overwhelming the government i assume at retail establishments there's got to be somebody at the door clicking and counting as it was with the supermarket well you have to wait here because we have eight people in there So what they were
2: doing at michael's and imagine that on a smaller scale i mean if you're at you know if you're a store that can house 20 people you can only allow in a couple people at a time malls also the big loser and malls already suffering this is on the other side of the retail spectrum 74 percent of people plan to shop online this weekend. To avoid crowds according to a deloitte survey and then turkey first timers are also on the loser list with so many people staying home those who typically are dinner guests right just show up with a bottle of wine or maybe a pie they're gonna have to attempt to cook for themselves for uh, the very first time
3: remember that uh, remember uh, eric Garcetti, our mayor, uh, we talked about it at the end of last week, where he was saying to people, "Now, whatever, whatever you do, don't sneak in to somebody's house on Thanksgiving." <laughs> right. And uh, we was sneak Who sneaks Remember, in? Remember,
2: make a chicken instead of a turkey.
3: That's right. And uh, how about how did Buca De Beppo do on the list? Because I did my part. You inspired me last week when I, I said told you I to don't do it. I did, and I had to get it. Had to pick up the food on Thanksgiving. Can you believe it? But I did it, even i i I overcame my my pessimism and I just did it Good. and by the way, that z d hits your it's sort of like when you get your, all of the immunity and the vaccines that z d hits your system, and poof you come to life.
2: You knew you did the right thing, probably. I did. Right? Yes, I
3: did. And I thought of you. All right, I did.
2: Black Friday usually means in-person shopping at stores. They say traffic at stores on Black Friday fell by fifty-two point one percent compared with last year. That's according to uh, Sensormatic Solutions. They said that shoppers are now spreading out their shopping throughout the holiday season because of COVID and social distancing. Online spending, however, and maybe this is a silver lining for retail, retailers, online spending on Black Friday surged 21.6% to hit a new record, according to uh, data from Adobe Analytics. So more people, less people in the stores, more, more people, people more. shopping online, but sadly, it's only really benefiting those big retailers and places like Amazon.
3: And I know a lot of folks thought about it, and, and and we said it even on the air. You know, there's always that hope at the end of the year with Christmas and the season of the holidays and and, uh, and birth and new beginning. And we were having that in our mind, whether we said it or not. I, I speak for myself. You sort of have it there. Oh, maybe by Christmas, maybe by Christmas. I was watching some of these older press briefings and the timelines or the dates by which it may all be done. Now they're not talking about them, but the vaccines are coming around the corner. So that is that is reason to hope here.
2: Definitely. All right. President Trump delivered a Thanksgiving message to the military. The Donald Daily Download is next as your Monday Morning Answer continues.
1: The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Jen is the conservative crusader. Brian is our lovable liberal. Welcome to The Answer.
2: Thanks for joining us. It is your Monday Morning Answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. happy to be with you. And uh, boy, you you want to talk about vamping. <laughs>
3: Is, oh, yeah. No, usually this is
2: wh- <laughs> how really good we are. Usually we're running late around here. There's chaos in the streets. But man, Whitman and I, we have a nice tight ship today.
3: We do. And, and that if means we we're often... a
2: minute early for the Donald.
3: And by the way, I got a minute of material that's important and matters All right, to people on. Let's go. Uh, today. The restrictions on restaurants, breweries and oh. wineries kick up. Uh, diners not wearing facial coverings during their visit, county health officials said, uh, is what led to the,
2: hung from a tree
3: that led to the outdoor dining. Now today, uh, other businesses, libraries, museums, essential retail, 35% capacity occupancy in the business at the time, non-essential. Don't we hate that word?
2: Yeah, because all businesses are essential. Just look at the economy right now.
3: Inside the mall, 20% of customers, uh, 20% of occupancy of the establishment. And by the way, fitness centers operating outdoors. 50% patrons may not remove face coverings on the treadmill or the stairmaster. And there's yeah. many more of these as well.
2: Many more restrictions. We will have a full roundup for you. A new stay-at-home order in place in L.A. County. But it's now time. Every day at this time at 736, we do the Donald Daily Download.
1: This is The Answer with Brian and Jen. I keep
4: talking about all these things you're going to do and you're going to do this. But you were there just a short time ago and you guys did nothing. The Donald
1: Daily Download.
2: President Trump uh, will actually kind of breaking the cone of silence that he was in on thursday I'll say. he spoke to uh, troops on thanksgiving from the white house and then did an interview with maria bartiromo on button uh, fox sunday take a listen first to him talking to the troops this was a pretty sweet message and uh, one i think that the president enjoyed making
4: well i'm thrilled to be on line with heroic members of the united states military incredible people I want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, We're going to have a great year. We have a year coming up. The foundations are ready for one of the best years we've ever had. We have with us six units deployed all across the world, representing every branch of the armed forces. Many of you are very far from home. But today, we hope you know that millions of American families are praying in gratitude for the sacrifices you make and the incredible absolutely incredible job you do as president i want to personally express my profound thanks to each and every one of you for your devoted service to our nation our nation is doing very well it's the highest honor of my life to serve as your commander-in-chief representing the army today i want to recognize lieutenant colonel timothy Redhair and the united states army 36 infantry division tremendous people
2: I was a president at the White House on Thanksgiving speaking to the troops uh, on Sunday. He spent some time with Maria Bartiromo and he talked about some of the fraud that he has seen that he and his legal team are trying to lay out the case to uh, show not only the American American people, but the court system that some of the fraud, he claims, really ran rampant through the 2020 presidential election.
0: This is a terrible thing that's happened. The mail-in ballots were are a disaster. They sent millions and millions and millions of mail-in ballots. I'm sure you know people that got two, three, or four, because I do, where they said, you know, we got four ballots. They got one at a country home. Dead people were seeing ballots. But even worse, dead people were applying to get a ballot. They were making application to get ballots, many. And, you know, we're not talking about 10 people. We're talking there are a lot of dead people that so-called voted in this election. But dead people were, in some cases, in many, many cases, thousands of cases, voted, but also dead people made application to vote. They were dead 10 years, 15 years, and they nice. actually made application. This is total fraud, and how the FBI and Department of Justice, I don't know, maybe they're involved, but how people are allowed to get away from this stuff, with this stuff is unbelievable. This election was rigged. This election was a total fraud.
3: Right. And Marie, you have to understand, it's sort of like an election. There's like the walking dead out there, <laughs> like the show. I mean, dead people. And I don't mean like short of dead people. I mean, like really dead people. Applying for ballots and then totally dead. I mean, totally dead walking to the polling place. And I
2: mean, dead like zombies, Maria. So bad. Dead people have been voting in California for years. So uh, telling you, we're Californiaing the rest of the country. That's a new verb. President Trump continued on and explained some of the evidence. What other evidence can you talk about that will enable you to prove this in court in the coming weeks, sir?
0: Well, we're trying to put the evidence in, and the judges won't allow us to do it. We are trying. Like, we have so much evidence. We, you probably saw on Wednesday of last week. We had a hearing in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. It was an incredible hearing. Unbelievable witnesses, highly respected people that were truly aggrieved. A woman came in, and she wanted to vote. And they said, no, I'm sorry, you can't vote. You've already voted. Your ballot's in. Uh, that's, you know, that's one story. By the way, that's one story out of so many different stories. You know, the poll watchers, they weren't allowed to have poll watchers. The Democrats and thugs, thugs. I'm not talking about saying, could you please move over? They threw them out of the counting rooms. They weren't allowed to be in. They threw them outside in many cases. You heard the story with the people they went out and sent for binoculars because they wouldn't allow them to watch. And during that period of time, a lot of bad things happened. Then they closed. As you know, they closed up the voting. And then unexpectedly, they closed up all of the counting. Unexpectedly, new ballots came in. Then it was all new numbers being added. We have pictures and we have evidence of new ballots being brought into counting rooms. Maria, there's never been anything like this in history. And it all started with the mail-in. But it also goes to Dominion. It goes to a lot of things.
2: That's President Trump there laying out some of the evidences, so some of the stuff we've talked about. Well, I mean, still, we have I mean, not really, truly. heard the explanation from Georgia about why there were photos that existed of uh, trucks pulling up, about uh, water leaks, uh, system failures. These, these things have never really truly been explained. And they, I think though? a lot of these claims could go away if there was a reasonable explanation.
3: Well, are they – The water bursting that we heard about last week or the woman who went for the bifocals, as the president just said, uh, to Maria Bartiromo on Fox Business over the weekend, uh, just kind of uh, freewheeling it. The Trump legal team has had access to the courts here on the Donald Daily Download on the final day of November and tomorrow, December 1. So it's a timeline question on this broadcast, Jen, uh, several uh, earlier in the month of November, you and I talked about this effort. To uh, not n- n- not give, not concede, and to count or make challenges. And there was a time that you said, "Well, about two weeks is right," because I was kind of being uh, being uh, Brian and uh, t- saying, "Okay, well, give me give me time, give me time." It does matter. We have an inauguration coming up on January 20, so tomorrow's December one, and the president still is going for it uh, and not talking about a lot of other things to talk about that stuff with Maria Bartiromo. Have you reached your your um? Your, your interior in your heart timeline. Is it about? Times up for this, or do we keep going with this? As
2: I've said, and I've said since the beginning, when the electors vote and name someone to be the president elect, that's when it will happen. I trust the system. The system right now is playing out, and we need to see what happens with all of these claims. It's a very difficult thing for President Trump and his legal team to lay out because, uh, quite frankly, I can show you all the evidence in the world, and look at what what you're doing. You're going, oh, well, no, you say, I say I I see seen, you say you say I haven't seen evidence, and I say, well, what about X, Y, and Z? And and it kind of gets shrugged away. And that's what well, I think makes it really easy for a lot of people to do. This is something that's tough to prove unless you want to actually well, see it. Well, that's right. You
3: have to prove it. And the judges are throwing them out and dismissing these not cases. Not every be- single
2: one. And of all, all they're not trying every to one. do is uh, is get this up to uh, the Supreme Court. That's what the Trump right. legal team okay. is trying to and do. And
3: also what the president would like to do. It's very clear from all the things he said about the Electoral College voting. So I asked Trump supporters here on the Donald Daily Download because this goes above and beyond. Is the president advocating – For the Electoral College to or electors independently to defy the popular vote in their states. I mean, is that what you're hoping for? Is that what's being called upon here is that the Electoral College in one of the worst case scenarios in terms of a crisis of confidence in our democracy, the Electoral College would go in there. Seems like the president's holding out for them to vote in a certain way, and he'll accept that result. Is that what you're
2: hoping for? I, I will, as I said, I will. Uh, I'll accept what the electors do, um, and I, and I think that the president will too. In fact, he said as much this weekend. All right, we will uh, come back to that conversation because a lot of more uh, from the president over the weekend. He's finally speaking out, but I know you've been hearing about Midas Gold Group here on AM870 for a while now. I've been talking about them because I've been so happy with their service, and they're local. They're right here in Thousand Oaks, and I'm so excited to recommend their great services to you. Midas Gold Group is the number one veteran-owned gold and precious metals dealer in the country, so if you're buying or selling gold, silver, or precious metals, go and meet these guys. You can do it by phone, or you can go in person for fast, reliable, and professional service. Midas Gold is the best place to buy and sell your precious metals, and did you know that they also offer gold IRA service? With the recent volatility in the stocks, many investors are using a little-known structure that allows you to use your existing IRA or old 401k to own physical gold and do it tax-free. Call or go see my friends at Midas Gold Group. Ask for a free copy of their IRA guide. Call 805-601-6000 or go to midasgoldgroup.com. 805-601-6000. Tell them Jennifer Horn sent you. midasgoldgroup.com or 805-601 6,000 Georgia on the front line for the GOP fight. There's one group that the GOP is targeting. We'll tell you who that is as your Monday Morning Answer continues.
1: Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn.
2: Thanks for joining us. You found the Morning Answer, Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. Happy to be with you. And uh, I love doing trivia with Whitman. We have a good time doing game shows. Yeah, we do. So I've got one for you—a
3: trivia question.
2: Trivia question. How, can I have the category, Alex? Politics. God bless Alex
3: Trebek, by the po- way. I know. We still say we'll say it forever, right?
2: We'll say it forever. But the category is politics. Twenty twenty politics. actually.
3: I'll take it for five hundred, please.
2: All right. The question or the answer?
3: We'll do the question. It's a pretty. <laughs> it's easier that way, isn't
2: it? <laughs> what is the well Okay, you do it. Oh, yeah. What group? Is most important, what demographic group, most important for Georgia Republicans to target going into the Senate runoff election?
3: Uh, I'm going to – it was a group that was, oddly enough, we don't think, decisive for Joe Biden's win. I'm going to say it's actually white men. (laughs) African-American women. I'm Um, sorry. (laughs) How about transgendered, fluid people? No. What my I, I mean, I've run through
2: the How three genders.
3: Latino people. Okay, well, Latino people uh, in the state
2: of Georgia? Yes. Okay. One million Latinos live in the state of Georgia. And, uh, of course, all eyes on Georgia because there are two uh, Senate races that are going to a runoff. That happens Georgia on, on January mind. 5th. That's right. That's right. Georgia <laughs> – Exactly. All right. And uh, eight percent of Georgians actually speak Spanish at home. So the GOP, for the first time, actually, um, for the first time, they're seeing that demographically Latino voters are actually outnumbering eligible African-American voters, according to sources within the state. And, And and so the Republicans are now going after them as a very desirable group, people coming to the Republican side of the aisle, and that's because in Florida you have a lot of uh, a lot of Latino households that tend to be a little more conservative. That are tend- speaking
3: here in Florida or in Georgia? It's true flo- in both cases. Well, we saw in- it
2: in Florida, and we saw that play out in favor for, for President Trump. He definitely did a lot better with Latinos than anybody expected him to, and so the GOP is looking at that same demographic group and wanting to carry over that success in the state of Georgia.
3: That's right. We, we spoke about uh, during the presidential campaign, the active campaign, I should say, in the Summer and the and the early autumn. That uh, it's very important to keep in mind that all groups, uh, whether they are uh, whether it's a Latino group, a, a, a white males, suburban white women, African American men, African it, it, all groups. While we might. Perceive, and there are blocks. I mean, it's a very real term—a voting block—in sure. I mean, in the study of politics. And watching it, we know there are blocks of people demographically who tend to vote certain ways uh, as as a group. However, that does not obviously don't need me to say it doesn't disqualify or it does not prohibit folks from acting. Uh, here's a novel thought: independently in voting, how they might like to do it. And when when the pollsters and the and the uh, the uh, the data finders go in and look at Latino households in America, which is a minority. Group Of course, in America, there are many socially conservative, which a lot of folks learning for the first time say, well, I felt like they were more democratic, m- more apt to vote for the liberal candidate. Well, it's not always true. And uh, in Latino households, that self-identified conservatism is more, uh, you see it more than you do in, in the households of other minority groups In America,
2: Yeah, the New York Times posted a story this weekend, and uh, they said for 10 years, Libre, which is an arm of uh, the Koch family's Americans for Prosperity, has been working to foster conservatism in Hispanic communities. And now they say they're going all in with their resources in Georgia for these runoffs. So that grew very much in play. And the focus of a lot of the advertising dollars that is pouring into the state of Georgia, a bit unexpected because it is a little different. It's a shift in demographics particularly in the state, but certainly for a GOP target. President Trump said that his focus is on Georgia. He announced a rally in Georgia to help both Senator Perdue and Senator Loeffler. Uh, I spoke with
4: uh, the two great senators. They're great senators, Kelly and David. Uh, I'll probably be going on Saturday. We're looking for a site. We're going to have a tremendous turnout because we seem to always have a good turnout. Uh, the people are very disappointed that uh, we were robbed. We were robbed. I won that by hundreds of thousands of votes. Everybody knows it. You go down the streets, there are trump pent signs all over the place. And we won that by hundreds of thousands, Georgia. So they're disappointed. I don't want them to be disappointed. That'll solve itself. We're finding the votes. Once we get to the signatures, we'll take over 100 percent. Once we get to signature 100 percent, we will take over Georgia, and we will get Georgia. But they
2: have to show us the same. Now, John Ossoff is a candidate for Senate running against David Perdue. And he praised Bernie Sanders' advocacy for socialized medicine over the weekend, but almost begging Bernie Sanders for an endorsement. He spoke about a brighter future for the state of Georgia.
1: Brighter days are coming. And we just need to hold together now as a country, as a state, as a people to get through this together. Observe those public health guidelines. Follow CDC advice. Take care of
2: yourself. Now, i got to call this guy out, Brian, because—
1: John
3: Ossoff?
2: Yeah, i got to call Ossoff. i got to call out Ossoff.
3: Well, he's been running as Ossoff in there, John Ossoff
2: in That's the— That's his uh, whole career, is actually right. running in elections. And I remember— pretty sure it was in 2018 when he was running for Congress that we heard audio of him for the very first time. He was a big deal, an up-and-coming star, and he sounded a whole lot like President Obama. It sounded like he was – you know like how athletes watch tapes to try to copy or to try to get a strategy? It sounded like all he had been doing for his – I don't know, for the last eight years was watching – president obama and copying his style do you remember that
3: i do recall it obviously that uh, it, it was it was uh, and and the note was well whether john ossoff in georgia knew it or not he was heavily influenced in terms of speaking patterns which by the way is not altogether different from people in all walks of life who emulate other people who came before them and you find yourself maybe kind of like adopting their cadence the way he spoke john ossoff was sort of like doing the obama
2: pup, 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 pup. yeah and remember that okay I so do. listen to him now he does yes. not sound like obama as much as he sounds just like he's trying to adapt a georgia like southern Biden. yeah no, like a southern like accent take a right. listen
1: brighter days are coming They're coming and we just need to hold together now as a country as a state as a people to get through this together observe those public health guidelines guidelines follow cdc advice to take care of other.
2: okay now he sounds like he's like Georgianian, Georginian, right? He sounds like he's got the Southern accent. Let's go back in time. This is uh, 2017. I have no idea what the enforcer, Katie, has actually put together because, you know, she Let's can't be controlled. Good. She it- controls us. But I said, get me some Ossoff audio. And this is what she found. Let's see if he sounds more like Obama or if he's got himself a twang.
1: a candidate have the kind of deep roots and connections and understanding to the district they're seeking to represent. And I do.
2: Let me play a little clip here. Mm-hmm. I want to get and your audio- take on this uh, White House. He sounds now, like you, Obama. Do you hear the twang?
3: You know, it's interesting. We spoke of Hillary Clinton when she was running. She would go into southern states, and Hillary yes. would adopt a southern kind of twang and kind of do that thing. And Does people, it work?
2: That's got to show. People have to understand. I mean, people have to see it, right? You can't. I mean, people uh, are smart. Well, they
3: have to hear it, actually, right? I yeah. mean, Actually hear it. In this medium where, of course, the sound is uh, – well, the sound is all we got in this one – uh, unless you join us online and look at our, our app at AM 870, the uh, app and all that. But the, no, really, the sound matters and we focus on it. Uh, John also, look, politicians evolve, right? And it, sometimes it's not even, well, it's always the content of the words you say, but how you say it, actually audibly, and how you couch it, how you sell it, that is all mattering here in a very close Senate race, by the way,
2: not even called yet. That's, yeah, we've got the runoff coming up January 5th. All right, Katie has found a little more. What year is this? 2017. Here we go. Here we go.
1: Who can present a compelling vision for the economic development of metro Atlanta? We've got the busiest airport in the world in the area. We've got a deep water port in Savannah. Bright, young workforce ready to grow productivity and wages. It's about pocketbook issues for families here in Georgia, not uh, which big-name personalities from Washington or elsewhere are coming through to campaign. Let
2: me. I don't know. I feel like there's been a shift with Ossoff.
3: Well, you know, he's um, he's evolving. He's uh, he's evolving (laughs) and he is still running January five. He's campaigning. It's John Ossoff in in there uh, in Georgia. It's very he's working hard.
2: Governments around the country are issuing holiday travel warnings and restrictions for all of us. But are they following their own advice? A politician got caught over the weekend. You won't believe what he was doing as your Monday morning answer continues.